Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it's Chris Carlin, Bart Scott in for Greeny today off of a game two that was the least surprising result you could imagine. Look at you trying to shake like Beyonce. Yeah, because I thought I thought you was going to do the, do the big man dance. Again, I, you- I, I listen, I'll do it sometimes, <laughs> but... It's not as easy as you would think to get everything moving in the right direction. It's but, trying to get different parts see, see, on the same page. It's like a team. This body is like a team, and sometimes we got individuals who are off doing their own thing right. when we start moving it. Embrace you. I do. What I'm saying I is, do. But what you, I'm saying is, like, there are, like, I think, my gut might yes. say to my uh, right, uh, you know, right. Torso? Yeah. 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 You, hey, but what I'm saying listen, is, we ain't doing that right now. You embrace that. Yes, right? I do. That's I know who you, I that's am. The, that's the beauty of you. You never know where it's I'm going. I'm the fat Popeye, man. I am what I am. <laughs> and I get it. It's I, all good. I, 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 I. <laughs> anyway, we, it was a game two that was not very surprising to me. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance and all guests appear on the Goodyear hotline. The Phoenix Suns are just better. They're just better. Mike Budenholzer got everything he wanted, Bart. He got... Less fouls called on his team. The Suns only went to the free throw line six times in the first 47 minutes of that game. They got much better defense on the pick and roll. They got an all-time performance from their superstar player. And they still, I never felt like, had a good chance to win the game. Yeah, because they they did. They got what they wanted, but they essentially, Phoenix got everything they wanted, right? Phoenix wanted to say, okay, let Giannis you know, let Giannis be Giannis, right? Remember when Giannis wasn't there? Remember what the narrative was, right? When, when Giannis wasn't there, they said, listen, we know that we are missing one of our superstars, and we know we have to, you know, move the ball, and the ball has to, the ball doesn't move when Giannis has the, you know, the ball. Right there, right? He comes down, his own break, he's pulling, the, he's, he's taking a shot. It's one can't beat five, right? No matter how great the performance is, how dominant it is, his points in the paint, the ball isn't moving. So what happens is he's just spending a lot of energy and other guys are not getting their shots and getting into a rhythm. And that's, you know, you can see that when you look at what Middleton did, you look at what Drew Holiday did, but Giannis got his. If these guys are just a little bit better, if they're a little bit more efficient, if they're able to put 10 more points up, they should, with two superstars, they should be, they should be able to come up with at least 35 points between the two. Or they should be able to come up with 40 points as a, as a tandem. So they you're calling you Middleton a superstar? Yes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think he's a star. Hold on, hold on. I don't think he's okay. a superstar. Okay. A star. Okay. Yeah. A star. Right. A star. Right. I think he, he needs to play better than that. I mean, he's he's supposed to be a better star than Aiton, right? He's yeah. supposed to be better in, in his progression. They gave him a hundred million dollars, right? Plus a hundred million dollars. He's not right? better than Devin Booker, and yeah, he's okay. not better than Chris Paul. Right. Okay. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the effective difference. What I'm saying is he's able to produce the points. He's he's their star. Right, so he's supposed to be able to be relied on a little bit more. But when Giannis dominates the basketball like that, they're not in rhythm because guess what? The ball doesn't move. The ball doesn't go where the defense dictates and and, and the shot goes. I mean, one of the most disheartening plays yesterday was when the Bucks were able to rotate beautifully. The ball moved ten times, yep. and then Aiden got the and one. Like you know how disheartening that is. No matter how great we do, we, we're on a string. We're moving exactly where we're supposed to go, and the dude gets an and one after ten. Pa- they they make the Bucks defend every inch of the floor, right? And the Bucks don't make them defend it because the ball doesn't move because of Giannis. And listen, I know that that, that Giannis is a great player, but. I think they had a better chance to win these first two games if Giannis hadn't played. No, I, I don't buy that. I know okay. what you're saying. Okay. I, I, look, you get a performance like that last night, 
one of your other two big players has to give you something. And you didn't get anything that was of enough value from the holiday offensively. 17, yes, was kind of an empty 17. Hey. Didn't shoot it well. And when Holiday, Middleton, and Lopez combined to shoot 16 for 47, 34%, you're dead in the water. My point. Yeah, have you ever have you ever went to like the uh, the Bucks page, right? And and saw like their starting lineup and what they're listed at. Mm-hmm. They play with they play with they only have one guard, Holiday. Because Tucker, even though he's not that tall, they they list him as a power forward. Right, they have Brook Lopez as the center. They have Giannis as a power forward, and Middleton is a small forward. So it's like I almost wonder if they should take. And I know this, you know, they need, either need to take Brook Lopez off the starting lineup and start Covington, who's a shooting guard. So now that gives you more scoring, more spacing, or they need to start Jeff Teague and just go small. It's Chris Carlin, Bart Scott in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. There's also. One other big problem here is the Suns have gone up two games to none in the NBA Finals on the Milwaukee Bucks, and that is the coaching of the Milwaukee Bucks. Here's Stephen A. last night on Mike Budenholzer. You see Devin Booker hitting shots early, okay, from three-point range, and assistant coaches are looking to talk to Budenholzer, and Budenholzer's not even listening to them, okay? He's not making any in-game adjustments. That was a pivotal problem as far as I'm concerned. We can look at Drew Holiday and no seven for 21 shooting. He was absolutely awful offensively. Middleton, he really needs to look in the mirror. When Pat Connaughton has more points than you coming off the bench, he had 14, you had 11, even though you took six more shots. That's incredibly problematic. You waste an effort from Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was nothing short of sensational, and primarily because you didn't make the necessary in-game adjustments. It's like any time you throw a monkey monkey wrench into the plan that Budenholzer had coming into it, then he seems to be a bit flummoxed. And I think that's fair because it's like, okay, we made these adjustments for game two. We're going to be better on the pick and roll. Now go get them. And then on the fly, not that great. Right, exactly. Okay, it's not the pick and roll tonight for uh They went out Phoenix. and hit threes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they're hitting 23. So now you have to change because now the pick and roll that's killing you. Okay, you showed, you showed them that you can defend the pick and roll, and now they're beating you a different way. And, you know, we, we always talk about, you know, I'm a huge fight fan, so I love boxing, right? We always talk about when plan A doesn't work, can you switch in-game adjustments as, as a boxer, which is tough because you're under duress, right? And it's tough sometimes to see what's happening to you. It seems like Budenholzer doesn't understand what's happening to him until after the game when he can sit down and analyze it. He can't do it. It's moving too fast for him when it's happening to him in real time. And they have to figure a way how to, how to be able to be effective and how to be able to adjust he has to understand, like, man, I have to audible. Omaha, Omaha, this isn't working. Like, and I think they have to really look at themselves in the mirror. And I wonder, even because, even, even though, I'm sorry, even though the Bucks are in the finals, I wonder if they lose this and they get swept, do they need to take a look at Bootenholzer and say, hey, maybe we need a better guy in here? Remember when remember- – I'm still understanding why this was an issue and if they had lost in, to Brooklyn that they were potentially going to move on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's Brooklyn. But, okay, they, they went to the finals so they can – because guess what? It's no more tricks for this team to pull, right? Yeah. They've already went out and made the big splash. They're over the luxury tax. They paid everybody. They, they're going to have to make sure that they can do something differently and they may need a different leader, different voice. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit 
Progressive.com. It is Chris Carlin and Bart Scott in for Greeny. Next, is this the last ride for a legend? We will tell you what we are talking about in moments. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. One of my all-time favorites. I've been here for years. Chris Carlin. Bart Scott in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. You know, Conor McGregor, look, I get it. He's not everybody's cup of tea. But if there's one thing that I think I can at least appreciate about him is he's a showman. He is is a full-on showman, and he is not going to – uh, give you anything less than a great show and promote the heck out of it. No, I mean, I think, you know, outside of this, I know this is maybe blasphemous, but the fact that I believe that as far as selling a fight, he's up there with Muhammad Ali. He is the ultimate heel. Like when I say, mm. like, you either love him or hate him, you either love his bravado and all, all that he stands for, you absolutely hate him. But you know what? Whether you hate him or love him, you're going to pay to see either some, him victorious or pay to see him get knocked out. UFC 264 is tomorrow. It is, of course, available on ESPN+. Plus. If you're a subscriber, you can get it on pay-per-view. And our ESPN MMA reporter, Brett Akamoto joins us right now. Brett, it's Chris Carlin, Bart Scott filling in for Greeny today. And we appreciate a few minutes. So what do you make of McGregor at this point as, you know, he and Nakamoto go at it for, or he and Nakamoto, he, he and uh, Poirier. Poirier, Dustin Poirier go at it for the third time here. Um, when you look back at January and you look at where McGregor is now, is this somebody that appears to be a lot more focused than maybe he was? I think so, yeah. And, I mean, he, he kind of split the industry. I mean, I, uh, I got a lot of text messages from different, you know, fighters or managers or anything. You know, we're all talking about these big fights all the time. And, you know, half of them is like, man, Connor's lost it. He just uh, – his, his, all that stuff he was saying at the press conference is just nonsense. You know, he doesn't look like he's in a good place. And then, you know, the other half are like, no, he looks very focused. He looks serious. I think that Connor's in a weird place for this one because – what is he supposed to say? You know, it's hard to talk trash to somebody who knocked you unconscious in, <laughs> in January. You know, it's just hard to talk trash in that, in that scenario. But I do think that what Connor wants to do is he doesn't want to be the nice guy anymore. He wants to fire himself up. He wants to feel like, uh, 
you know, his coach afterwards, I was talking to his coach, John Cavanaugh, and he said that, um, you know, for the last few years, it's been a lot of comfort, you know, that, that comes with all the money that he makes. The guy's a family guy now. He's got kids. He said, we, we pulled all of that away. We want, we want him to be like a caged animal going into this one. So I, I think whether or not that strategy ends up paying off, I, I think that's what I saw at the press conference. You know, Connor is, is ready to go. He's ready to be unleashed at Dustin Poirier. Now, I, I don't think Dustin Poirier was phased at all by it, but it's certainly certainly a different different Conor McGregor, a different mindset than what we saw in January. No, it's crazy. I remember the, 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 the downfall of like when Tyson was getting to the end of his career and he still, his words still were ferocious, but his actions in the ring didn't match that. And when I look at Conor, I look at a guy that isn't feared by opponents anymore, right? You know, I look at a, a guy that looks like he gets fatigued later in matches, and that's when guys are able to take advantage of his cardiovascular um, conditioning. Like, at this point, is he more just name than he is actually a great fighter? And how seriously are we taking him as far as being able to reclaim his place in the UFC? Well, it sounds cliche, and it sounds like, you know, um, like, like we're trying to tell people to, to watch the fight, but that, that will be determined in this fight, quite frankly, because, you know, Connor, he, he, was, he was that guy that you were referring to. He was that scary guy, that intimidating guy, the guy who was knocking out people in the first round every time, and he was – talking and then backing it up and and that had a, a dual effect on 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 these guys that he was competing against one he was backing it up and they saw that that this guy was so dangerous in the octagon but then every time that they were around him the moment just sucked them up you know the fans are all interacting with what connor has to say they're laughing at his jokes and it was just a difficult atmosphere to to, to be a guy who's trying to fight connor mcgregor that is gone now you know i mean he has some nice one-liners at the press conference like i said doesn't Poirier is not scared of this guy at all so can he reclaim that? I don't think he can really reclaim that aura that he had, but he can prove that he's still just beyond that, a really, really great fighter. I mean, that that is the one thing. This guy always had the talent and the skill to back it up, and he didn't look good in his last fight, quite frankly. He landed some good punches. I mean, he's always going to be good enough that he's going to land that left hand. He's dangerous with that left hand. But some of the other tactics that he had in that January fight, a veteran and a smart guy like Dustin Poirier took advantage of and, and knocked him out by the second round. I do think that Connor will make adjustments. And then if he goes out and looks great in this fight, he's throwing his kicks, he's not looking like a boxer in a mixed martial arts fight, which is what it looked like, like last time, then the, the narrative is going to change. We're going to be like, man, this guy is, is looking great. He's back on track. And now he's going to fight for the UFC championship. And I would give him a chance to beat Charles Oliveira. If he is at his best, Connor McGregor could become a UFC champion again. And then, then we're not talking about a guy who's more bark than bite. We're saying Connor's back, and he's one of the best fighters in the world. ESPN MMA reporter Brett Akamoto joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Chris Carlin, Bart Scott, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And look, uh, with Caesars William Hill, he was a massive favorite last time around at minus 300 on the money line. And Connor's a slight underdog at plus 110 now tomorrow night in the rubber match of the um, three. Uh, fight series so at this point now when you're Poirier and I know you sat down with him and he talked about you know he saw the crazy McGregor in that first match and you saw more the more subdued one in this uh, second fight if you're Poirier you're going into this who are you expecting to see <laughs> I, the, the funny thing about Poirier is that he truly doesn't care I, I, I mean he yeah. really does not care I, I, that's, that's what makes this guy kind of dangerous right now is that he is at a, such a good place in his own mind that it really almost doesn't matter what Connor does you know I saw him backstage after the press conference and he was laughing at some of the stuff that Connor said and, and he 
And I, he wasn't just kind of being a – this wasn't like a bravado about it. He was like, man, that guy's trash talk used to be so much better. It used to be a lot better. Now it just seems desperate. I think, if anything, you wonder if Dustin is going to be a little bit too confident going into this one because he thinks that Connor is trying to talk himself up and he's coming off of a situation where he knocked him out in the second round. I, I think Dustin took this fight because he knows it's a lot of money. He took this fight because, um, you know, fighting Conor McGregor, again, brings a lot of money and – um, it just raises his profile, raises his name. And once he beats Conor McGregor in his mind, then he's going to go off and win a championship, which is what he really wants. I mean, if you ask Dustin what he truly wants, of course he wants the money and he had to take the money. I think all of us as human beings, you know, families, that that's what he had to take. But he wants that title. And, and that's that's sort of – he's putting that at risk because if he loses his fight, then he doesn't get, get to go fight for the championship. So I think he's going to be – I know he's been committed in camp. Um, I know that he's mentally prepared for this fight. It is a dangerous fight because Connor has a lot of power. But I, I think Dustin is, is going in with a very clear mindset of, I just got to do what I am capable of doing. I beat this guy six months ago. I'll beat him again. And by the end of the year, I'll be a UFC champion, which is what I really want. UFC 264 exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers. Visit ESPNplus.com slash PPV. Brett Akimoto with us on the Goodyear Hotline. Brett, we appreciate the insight, man. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Have a good one. It's going to be interesting because that last fight, uh, I happened to be on the air that night on ESPN Radio, and it was stunning to see him basically get knocked cold. It was absolutely shocking in that second round. What I love about the UFC is, like, everybody's beautifully flawed, right? Outside of Bone Bone Jones and I think on the uh, style bender, like, everybody has tasted defeat. So it's about how you respond and react to defeat. And this is something that Conor's going to have to be able to contend with because he has to ask himself, is he willing to go through the pain and endure the, the, the punishment that is necessary to get victory? Because we know if it goes late in rounds, he loses, he's going to lose his power, and he, his conditioning has never been great. And as you get older, your conditioning don't get better. If Jalen Hurts has to get replaced this season, mm-hmm. our next guest's answer as to who will replace him, good chance it's going to surprise you. Mm. That's right. That's a tease. It's Chris Carlin, Bart Scott, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. It's right after we tell you about Rumble On. Now, do you have a motorcycle, ATV, or even a truck that's sitting in your garage that you have been waiting to sell? With RumbleOn.com, you can easily turn your unused vehicle into cash in just minutes. RumbleOn.com will give you a cash offer for your vehicle and pick it up free anytime anywhere they can even finance your next harley polaris can am yamaha even more if you're just looking to upgrade see what rumble on can do for you by visiting rumble fast bikes faster cash who's going to replace jalen hurts if he can't get it done we tell you next on espn radio and espn plus Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. 
Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Carlin, Bart, Scott for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Earlier we were talking about this. We're going to take your calls on it in just minutes. The last sports moment that you cried at off of what Daniel Camarena did last night, reliever for the Padres, who's pitching in his second major league game, hit a grand slam off of Max Scherzer and his family was just absolutely going nuts. We're going to take calls in just a few minutes. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Also, are the Bucks just cooked venison at this point? We'll get to that and your take on that as well. But right now, we turn to the NFL. We head to the Goodyear hotline. We welcome in ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. And Jeff, heard you on KJZ this morning. And I have to say, I you know, you and I have something in common that uh, we seem to be the only two that are consistently talking about Jalen Hurts' potential replacement in Philadelphia. <laughs> Who do you got? Well, I just, I mean, look, this is, uh, this is speculative at this point. Maybe a little bit of educational speculation. But, that doesn't matter. It's uh, all we do is speculate, Jeff. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to be careful because the idea that Deshaun Watson could end up in Philadelphia feels possible to me. Um, It would obviously take Deshaun Watson coming around to the idea of it. He, he can, he has some uh, ability to dictate where he ends up. uh, If, if the Texans decide to trade him. Um, If you look at that situation there though, I I don't sense commitment necessarily at this point to Jalen hurts from the Eagles organization. I know that they are, willing to give this thing a run in training camp to see what he has. But like, if they get into camp and, and just like are not feeling it, like this is they have a new head coach. If they feel like going into the season, like it's just not the answer. I could see a hard push for Deshaun Watson. To me, uh, it makes more sense than any other uh, situation unfolding at this point. Well, you know, Jeff, I, I, listen, you're on to something. At first, I was ready to come and clobber you over the head, like, what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> but, I, but I tell you what, that, that, that is not a, a bad idea. I mean, especially for a team that was able to acquire some future first-round draft picks. Um, if they can get a franchise quarterback to replace the one that they traded, 
Um, I think you do it regardless, and I think you have to do it regardless because yeah. I believe that Miami, no matter what Tua does this year, I don't think it's going to be enough. And if Deshaun Watson is available in the offseason, I believe they use the draft equity that they have to bring That's Deshaun fair. Watson yep. there, and it's going to push them over the top and make them an instant Super Bowl contender. I think if Philly does it now and they take the risk and understand that they can give Jalen Hurts an opportunity, but – they don't need Deshaun Watson for this year because they want to have the best draft pick to make a push in being relevant next year. This year, I think, is just a year that, they, that they're going to survive through and kind of reset, they reset their team. Mm-hmm. So, listen, I, I apologize to you, but, you know, I came in and before we even came on, I was like, I'm going to have to get him, but I'm on your side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't – and, well, I'm with you, by the way, on the Miami situation, too. I just feel like at least at this point the Dolphins have – uh, faith might not be the best word, but but are willing to give to a more opportunity. I, like the other thing about Jalen Hurts that I think people forget, like it's not like the Eagles invested so much in him that they feel like they need to see it through. I mean, he was fifty fifth overall, I think, like second half of the second round of the draft. That's not necessarily the type of pick where you feel the need to, to, to uh, unlike Tua, who went early on where you really feel like you need to see it through. So I think that that's also the other reason that I could see the Eagles moving on quicker and being well to, being willing to sort of pull the trigger on something a little bit more drastic. Jeff, out of all these um, franchise quarterbacks that came in in 2018, which one is going to get the cheese on the taco first? Is it Baker? Is it Lamar? Is it Josh? And how much money are we talking about? <laughs> I love your analogies. Um, I I think that Josh makes the most sense to get done first because there seems to be such this kumbaya vibe between Josh Allen and the Bills to where they'll get this figured out. They're both seemingly very committed to each other. Um, I've been surprised by Baker Mayfield had comments, his agent had comments to uh, Tony Grossi, who's covered the, the Browns for a long time, basically saying like, I could see this getting done this summer. Uh, we don't necessarily need Josh and Lamar's deal to get done. We feel like there's enough precedent uh, already within uh, the deals that have gotten done for other quarterbacks. Like, usually that type of optimism is not expressed by an agent unless there's something behind it. Like, generally speaking, think about it. It's usually, oh, these two sides are way far off. They, they're not even close. Uh, and then they slowly come back together. The idea that there is, like, Seemingly some good energy there with between Baker and, and the Browns makes me think that like, maybe that does get done this summer. Um, and then Lamar, by the way, I have no idea. Like he doesn't have an agent. Like he, he, his, his mother does a lot of his managing of his uh, business dealings. So it's really tough to get a vibe on whether Lamar is going to like try to, try to earn every single penny, like really try to milk this thing, or whether he too will sort of just try to get this deal done so that he has the long-term security. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Chris Carlin, Bart Scott in for Greeny today, live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Jeff, because we're contractually obligated, what is the latest that you're hearing with Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> <laughs> I get a, I get a, a note anytime I'm on Get Up from uh, the great Hembo, who uh, who I'm sure you guys know very well. He's probably sitting nearby. 
he uh, he'll always just ask me, what do you want to say on TV today about Aaron Rodgers? So <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I honestly, I think it's a good thing that it's pretty quiet on the Aaron Rodgers front, you know, like that, like generally speaking, the Packers seem to be really quiet because like Mark Murphy, the president of the organization for a little bit there was saying some things that I'm like, man, every time he says something, I feel like it's going to piss Aaron off even more. So the fact that things are pretty quiet, I, I think is, is maybe the best chance of this thing piecing itself back together uh, at some point. I don't know for sure where this goes. I just like the fact that at least uh, it feels like not much is going on because generally speaking, that behind the scenes is when a lot is actually really happening. You know, something that's been really quiet is, you know, we haven't heard a lot from the um, New Orleans Saints, right, in that whole competition. You know, do we expect that, you know, maybe that – what are we hearing about Jameis Winston and – you know, because this is a team that, you know, has Super Bowl aspirations, but can right, they have Super Bowl sure. aspirations with Jameis Winston at the helm? I'm hearing good things about where Jameis is at right now. And I think training camp will be a good a good dictator of, of how that's really shaping up. Uh, but But to me, I don't know. It's hard for me to envision, like, Taysom Hill beating out Jameis Winston in a, in a traditional quarterback competition. Like Jameis is a is a pedigree quarterback, man. Like, and I know that. Here's the other thing I think about Jameis. Why I'm why I think that he could succeed. If we think about the way Tom Brady started off this past season in Tampa, when he was pretty much just doing the Bruce Arian system, where it wasn't really like shifting toward Brady's way of using more running backs and tight ends. Like he was he was kind of struggling with the deep ball. He was throwing interceptions. Like. He was doing some of the things we saw Jameis doing the year before. So to me, it starts to make me wonder, like, Bruce Arians literally says, no risk it, no biscuit. Maybe that's part of the reason Jameis was throwing so many interceptions. So in Sean Payton's system, I just feel like he's got real potential here to make some noise. And, and to me, in that traditional competition, I think Jameis is very clearly going to be the decided champ and the week one starter for that team. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us. Chris Carlin and Bart Scott filling in for Greeny. Jeff, as we approach training camp here, what are the other stories around the league that have your attention right now? What are you most intrigued by? Oh, that's a good question. I am very intrigued. I know we touched on it uh, in passing on Tua in Miami. Um, I'm down here. I live in South Florida, and I, I just – I'm really curious if Tua can can take – can do enough in camp to sort of ease, quell some of, of the concerns, not only coming off of the end of last year, but also, the you know, the mini camp, the, the interceptions he was throwing. Like, I was out there for that practice when he had those – what was it, five interceptions, and like – I'm a real. I try to be really rational because you know, like like to a point of that, you don't know what they're working on. They could literally be practicing interceptions. But I just, oh man, I, I was just watching it. Like I don't know, man. Like I don't know what this is going to look like. And he's got training camp to, to sort of to quell some of that concern. But to me, that's a big one because to Bart's point, if all of a sudden Tua isn't getting it done, do the Dolphins start sort of 
looking out there on that landscape, looking at a guy like Deshaun Watson and potentially making a move there because that, to me, would be massive in terms of uh, the wave, the ripple effect of that one. All right, Jeff, off topic for a second. You're obviously a professional. You're obviously a reporter that keeps (laughs) Uh objective and all of that. But last night in San Diego, a reliever who had been in the minor leagues for nine years hit a grand slam off of Max Scherzer. And his family went absolutely nuts, as you can imagine, and crying. Has there ever been a sporting event in your life, good or bad, as a fan or even family that you've ever cried about after uh, the I got I got I got I got one. Right. I got one. My my wife had taken the kids to like a birthday party or something like that. I was like I'm staying home, I'm watching this event. I need to see this unfold and I was sitting on the couch and it wasn't like like I wasn't sobbing or anything like that. No, just but when the tear. Tiger Woods when Tiger Woods walked down the 18th hole at the Masters before he ended up hugging Charlie, that scene got me, man. I, I, I got not just the chills, but I, I, I don't know if water came from my eyes, but I was so choked up by that moment. The dry, Tiger Woods at the Masters was, was the closest I've come to an adult to, uh, to, to crying uh, at someone's success on, on, a, on a playing field. I don't think you're alone on that one because I think that's the last time we may have even talked about this. But, yeah, that's a pretty good one, Jeff. That's not bad at all. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. I I feel like I escaped without too much embarrassment (laughs) on that one. (laughs) Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Still in the man box. Thanks again, man. Thanks, guys. Yep. (laughs) Joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. If you missed any of the show, if you missed part of Jeff, if you missed the percolator, Kendrick Perkins earlier, (laughs) if you missed... Uh, you know, Brett Akamoto earlier on the MMA fight tomorrow between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor at UFC 264. Make sure that you check out the podcast of the show, Greeny, available wherever you get your podcast. Both hours are available. All right, 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. Giving you the opportunity right now on the last time when there was a sports moment that you cried at, if there has ever been a sports moment that you cried about. Also, on the NBA Finals, and if the Bucks are, in fact, done. So with that in mind, we can line up the calls at 888-SAY-ESPN. Bartholomew Martavius Scott, when was the last time you mm. cried because of a sporting event? Not cry was inspired and got me all got me all choked up. I want a tear. I want to having trouble finding your words. Something like that doesn't have to be bawling. Just like (gasps) okay, two two of my two of my most favorite moments. Right, one that always gets me choked up, but one that I really loved and it was like, man, that's 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 good. I felt you know like at the end of Rudy. When um, Charles Dunton at the end he he does he he does that little clap. Yeah, he just did that. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little yeah. short, like, yeah. right, good, good for you, Rudy. You know, for me, in 2018, when Andre Ingram was called up for the Lakers and he hit 19, man, the dude had gray in his hair, and I think he was like 35 years old, man. He went up and he put buckets. And it was like, man, we kind of always, you know, talk about giving up on your dream mm-hmm. and him finally getting the opportunity. They called him up and he put up buckets. So that's one. The one that gets me every single time, is when it I don't know what country it was, 
It was the Olympics. And the guy pulled his hamstring. And instead of quitting, he continues around the track. Mm-hmm. And his dad come out the stands, man. And his dad put his oh. arm around his shoulder. And he runs the lap with him, man. Oh, man. So it's always inspirational yeah, stuff for well, you. But I'm that type of guy. Well, I know you are. I know you are. And I can appreciate that about you. Does Rocky like, count? Oh, Rocky's not real life. Okay, never mind. It, it, well, I mean, there are some people that think it's real life. <laughs> but I, I think there are two for me, but it's more about fan. Okay. It's more about being a fan. Got you. As bizarre as this is, growing up in the New York area, I was a Texas Rangers fan. Mm-hmm. who were awful forever. Awful. 2011, like 2010, they made it to the World Series. They beat the Yankees. It's all gravy. Yeah. 2011, when they're within a strike twice of winning the World Series, and Ron Washington left Nelson Cruz in right field, and they lost that game and lost in Game 7. Game 7, yeah. They were, they're, it wasn't balling, but there were tears coming out as they lost that game. Because I knew, like, I, I've seen that they never get there. Did you break the TV? No. Like, do you do that? It wasn't like- anger. It wasn't anger. <laughs> and and th- that game seven is what I like to call, it's in, one of the worst feelings in sports. Yeah. The long goodbye. Yeah. When you have to sit there and you already know the result, you're either getting blown out or you're getting yeah. handled and yeah. you know your team's not going to yeah. win the game. There is nothing worse than sitting there for three hours having to watch it. And then on the good side, and you will hate this, also a Steelers fan. And I got to be in attendance for my first as a fan. Like, I wasn't around for the 70s. I can't even look at you right All now. that stuff. Can't even look at you. When they beat the Lions in your – and when they – not the Lions. Oh, but Jerome Bennett's the bus, the bus stops here. Yes, exactly. Yeah. When they beat the Seahawks in Detroit – and I got to be there for it. Okay. That was that was that was I'm not mad at that one. This that's not one of the ones where they stopped me going from the Super Bowl. So that's not one of those. So I give you a pass with that one. All right. Eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Mike in Hartford, Connecticut. Mike, when was the last time, if ever, you have cried because of a sporting event? Oh man, how you guys doing today? I'm a lifelong Knicks fan. And I'm like diehard through and through. And the year we traded Charlie Ward for Stephon Marbury, I shed tears, bro. I could not stop. I was so emotional. I called my uncle, who's also diehard, and we were both sitting on the phone crying. Like, you know, it was hilarious. (laughs) Wow. Over a trade. Over a trade. I mean, listen, like, New York is different, man. Like, New York, they, they buy into the team, but also they buy into players heavy. Let's hit Don in New Jersey up next on Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Don, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Actually, I have two. As a big Yankee fan, when Matsui came back for the first game as an angel and the whole team came out to greet him, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yep. And also, when Jeter and Pettit came to take Mo out of the game, That's I cried like a baby. Not even shedding a tear. That was just like all out ball. And my wife was looking at me like, man, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I, here's the thing. I grew up hating the Yankees. Even I couldn't look at that and not think twice. About, I never teared up at it, but that was a pretty, that was a pretty heavy moment for you. a sports fan. When you get to see Mariano Rivera, the best who's ever done it's it. right there. Not bad. Now Not bad. Would, now, if you would have said movies, it, I would have, man, I would tell you all, Mice and Man, I cry on a lot of those. No, movies, it happens a lot. You know what got me? Coco. I don't know that one. D- 
Disney. Uh, oh, Coco, man. Okay. Oh, Coco. I can't even watch Coco. Major League Baseball is on ESPN Radio. We have got you set all weekend long. First, Cubs hosting the Cardinals this MLB weekend preview. Brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. If you have not seen the video yet of Daniel Camarena, the lifelong minor leaguer, nine years, who made his major league debut in, in his second game last night, a reliever, hit a grand slam against Max Scherzer. Check it out on Twitter. It's on SportsCenter's Twitter right now. Make sure you see it. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Why is his family in the nosebleed? Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.